Blog Talk Radio.
I am Jehovah, the mighty God. Church, and welcome to Miracle Outreach Ministries on Sunday. We are a Christian, Protestant, internet church and a local church assembly. Amen? Amen. And we're founded in the love of Jesus Christ. We want to thank everyone for joining us today. You know, the next day is not promised to us. If we receive it, it's a gift and a blessing. And we should thank the Lord for every day that we get to live here on the earth. You see, it's only as we're on the earth that we get the opportunity to lead men and women, boys and girls, to Jesus Christ. It's a privilege and an honor. Amen? And we should never forget that. We should never lose our perspective on earth. No matter what else is going on, and there's always going to be something else going on, the reason we're still here after we become born again is because God wants to develop us and train us and cause us to be those people he always wanted us to be. Not only that, he wants us to reach others for him. Amen? Amen. So we should always remember the real reason we're here. Amen? It's not about necessarily our goals and aspirations. It's the goal and aspiration God had when he created us, when he thought of us before the foundation of the world. Amen? That's the reason we're here. We're called into the kingdom for such a time as this. We're supposed to be here now with all of this mess going on. We weren't supposed to be here sometime earlier. We weren't supposed to be here sometime very later. No, we're supposed to be here right now. We're supposed to be standing in battle right now. We're supposed to be believing God no matter what's going on right now. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Amen? So no matter what comes our way, let's not lose our focus. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus and give him our very best. Amen? Amen. We want to welcome all of you and all of our first-time listeners. As I was saying, we are a Christian Protestant internet church and a local church assembly. Our web address is www.miracleinternetchurch.com. And when you use your browser to find us, and we're on the air like we are now, You may also listen through your telephone. And the telephone number is area code 319-527-6235 and press 1. That's area code 319-527-6235 and press 1. Once you come up on our website, whether you're on a computer, whether you're on a tablet, whether you're on a cell phone or you have an iPhone, across the banner you'll see the words MIC Radio Chat. 
do click that link, and when the page changes, click Get. Then sign in using your own name, amen, and enter, and then go to the appropriate spot at the bottom of the page and greet the saints that are in the chat room, amen. Yes, they're in there greeting one another in the name of the Lord, and if you speak to them, they'll greet you too, amen. Praise the Lord. We're a very friendly group of saints, amen. We like other people, and we welcome them in the name of the Lord. If you're on a cell phone or an iPhone, when your page comes up across the banner, you'll see three white lines against a black background. That's your link, the three lines. Click that link, and all the other links will open to you. Amen? Amen. So we want to encourage you to participate, whether listening on the phone, whether over your computer or your tablet, or however, we want to encourage you to be a part of the body of Christ and to participate in the worship of the saints. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. For those of you who do not know, we celebrate Holy Communion at the very beginning of our services. And it seems like now is a good time for that. Amen? Don't you think? Don't you think this is a good time to get our hearts all clean and right before the Lord as we come before him. Nothing standing in the way. Amen? Amen. So when we get to the part of the sermon where you're quite convicted, you can say, that's right, Lord, I've repented already. Isn't that fun? How easy is that? Amen? Because we will surely get to that part of the sermon. I don't think I've preached one yet where nobody got convicted. So... Praise the Lord. I'm happy for the conviction of the Lord. It tells me that I stepped outside of my boundaries, and I need to get back in line. Amen? You know, it would not be fun if you've gone through all of this, and then in the midnight hour, the Holy Spirit says, you're out of here, and you didn't repent of a thing. That would not be fun. It just wouldn't be. It would not be fun at all. You know, I used to talk to young ladies that I knew participated in fornication. And I would say to them, what if the Lord calls you right then, right there? What are you going to say? What can you say? Amen? So keep that in mind every time you're ready to tell somebody off. Keep that in mind when you're ready to get back at somebody for something they've done to you. Keep that in mind whenever you're ready to do something that you know is not right and that doesn't please the Lord. Even if you're in Walmart, what are you going to do if God came for you right there in the middle of Walmart and you're doing something you shouldn't be doing? about it. It could happen to you. It could happen to anyone. Amen? Amen? It could happen to anyone. So whenever you're tempted to be doing something you have absolutely, positively, no business doing whatsoever, and you know it's wrong, 
stop and think, what would I do if the Lord called me home right now? It's a sobering thought, you know, but it's a good thought. It'll help you stay right. Amen? Amen. Amen. So right now, we're going to talk to the Lord, and we're going to repent of what we know we didn't do right. Because there's usually somewhere along the line, seeing as that we're human, that we slipped up somewhere whether it was something we did or something we failed to do. Maybe it was in our thought life, but we've been having some help lately finding our thoughts, right? Amen. So maybe that's what it was. You know, maybe it was in our thought life. Maybe we didn't say it out loud this time. Amen. (laughs) But we're going to go before the Lord and we're going to repent. Of every little itsy bitsy teeny weeny minute thing that's just not right. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we want to thank you for Jesus Christ. We want to thank you for his precious blood that was shed on Calvary for each of us. We acknowledge and admit and confess that without his sacrifice on Calvary, most of us would already be in hell, and it would be because we deserve to be there. But, Lord, you love us so much. You're so gracious and merciful, forgiving, long-suffering, and kind toward us that you gave your life and became sin for us. You became a curse for us that we could walk free and have an opportunity to receive eternal life. No, Lord, we did not deserve it at all. We were still sinning when you came by to get us. But you overlooked that, and you brought us anyway. You brought us in. You brought us to the place where we understood that we had sinned against you. You brought us to a place where we were remorseful and regretful for all the wickedness that we had done. We had the opportunity to look back at our lives and see how horrible we truly were, how much of a wretch we still were. And we were shocked and amazed that you wanted to have anything at all to do with us. But you told us that that was not the end of the story, that your blood could wash all of our sins away. And many of us, with tears streaming down our faces, we asked you to forgive us. We told you that we really didn't understand how awful we were being when we were really deep in sin. And we want to thank you for the forgiveness that you extended to us. We want to thank you for the price that you paid for us. We want to bless you with the rest of our lives, living for you, worshiping you, and inviting others to come to Christ. So, Lord, we ask you now, you know what we've done wrong. 
You know what we failed to do. You know the mistakes. You know the sins. You know the transgressions. And we confess them before you now, Lord. We'll give you a moment to do your own confession. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for hearing us. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for wiping the slate clean. Help us not to mess up so much. As we grow in you, Lord, we get stronger, and we learn how to stand up a little straighter and how to bless your holy name. We thank you for being merciful to us, for being long-suffering and forgiving us and for teaching us what pleases you and what doesn't. Because we are being made into your image. You see, when Father looks at us, he wants to see you in us. And we want him to see you too. So we thank you for humbling us quite often, for correcting us even more, for rebuking us and chastening us when we need it. Because you really do want us to be just like you. And we want to be like you. So we thank you. And we give you praise. Amen. Amen. Everybody feeling a little better now? Mm-hmm. We're growing, aren't we? And when you grow, you mess up, too. That's part of growing. You learn sometimes by your misses, but you're not supposed to keep repeating them over and over. Amen? Amen. Amen. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. Thank you, Lord. And said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Partake of the bread. After the same manner, also, he took the cup when he had slept, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Partake of the cup. Amen. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, (laughs) eateth and drinketh damnation to himself not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. 
For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Praise the Lord for not being condemned with the world. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the virtue of discretion, the freedom and authority to make decisions and choices, the power to judge and to act, always being careful about what we say or do, even preserving confidences when necessary. Father, you give us knowledge and discretion. Discretion protects us. Understanding guards us. We preserve sound judgment and discernment. We will not let them out of our sight. They will be life for us and an ornament of grace around our neck. We will go on our way in safety, and our feet will not stumble. When we lie down, we will not be afraid, and our sleep will be sweet. We have no fear of sudden disaster or calamity or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For you, Lord, will be our confidence and will keep our feet from being snared. Father, we pay attention to your wisdom and listen well to your words of insight that we may maintain discretion and our lips may preserve knowledge. Godly discretion defers anger and gives us patience. It enables us to overlook an offense. Father, you are our God and our teacher. You instruct us in discretion. The Lord Almighty, you are wonderful in counsel and magnificent in wisdom. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for the armor of God. We thank you in particular for the shield of faith, wherewith we shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you that we're covered in the blood of Jesus, and no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. We want to thank you that you are our shepherd and we shall not want, and you have supplied all of our needs according to your riches and glory. So we cast all of our cares upon you because you care for us. We thank you for your joy because your joy, dear Lord, is our strength. We thank you for your very presence in our midst when we come together to worship. We thank you and we give you praise. There's no point in having church if you're not going to come. So we thank you for attending to us whenever we come together. 
We thank you that the word tells us that where two or three of us are gathered together in your name, there you are in our midst. We want to thank you for the wall of fire that surrounds us with your glory in the midst. We want to thank you for all of your promises from Psalm 91 and all the other scriptures. We want to thank you that you stand up on our behalf when people attempt to take advantage of us, Lord. We want to thank you, Lord, that you're there to stand with us and to stand up in us. We want to thank you that you help us to keep our mouths closed when you don't want us getting into things. We want to thank you, Lord, that there are even scriptures to tell us to be still and know that you are God. We want to thank you, Lord, that you're in control of our lives. You're the Lord of our lives. We want to thank you for your warring, linking angels that surround us to protect us, Lord. We want to thank you for the praising angels. We want to thank you for your ministering spirit. But most of all, we thank you for you. You're irreplaceable in our lives. You're the center of our lives and the center and source of our joy. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We love you, Lord. Even when we act otherwise, we still love you. Thank you for helping us to grow. Thank you for helping us to see. Thank you for helping us to hear, to know, and to understand that others might see Jesus Christ living in us. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, from our position, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we bind Satan the strong man, all of his evil angels, evil spirits, demonic agents, all of his underlings, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, orders, and we cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and we come out of agreement with Satan, his agents, and his power. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong man, and we dethrone them all, chaining them all in eternal chains of darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we return the attacks onto the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind all trafficking demons, listeners, reporters, watchers, peeps, whispers, familiar devils, electronic, digital, and technology demons and their attacks. We bind all electromagnetic attacks, smart technology and particle attacks, techno-paganism, and mind control by the occult. We bind all Leviathan spirits and their attacks, all Kundalini spirits and their attacks, all water and marine spirits and their attacks all sex devils and their attacks, all unclean spirits and their attacks, passive devils, pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation spirits, artificial intelligence and smart dust spirits, drone spirits, sorcery devils, all seducing, womanizing, whoredom spirits, and all of their attacks, the Havana syndrome, brain changes, injuries, and all remote viewing, all sonic and audio weapons. 
We bind all the voices of the stranger in their attack, the voices of the charmer and the seducer as well, all hypnotic and trance devils in their attack, mystic rituals in their intent. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind all targeted radio frequencies, all pulse weapons in their attack, microwave attack, EMS, EF, EMP attack, all 5G, and those attacks, everything coming off the cell lights, the cell towers, through every electronic and technological device in Jesus' name. We bind every order of magic and mystic arts. We bind Buddhist, black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, Celtic, Russian, Korean, Japanese, Chinese, Taiwanese, North American, South American, Australian, New Zealand, Indonesian, indigenous persons, tribal groups, native groups, Caribbean and Latin American, black and white magic from all other groups in Jesus' name. We bind all Morgellons attacks, and we return every attack to the senders. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide. We bind all free-flying devils. We bind all evil spirits which take animal forms, all shape-shifting spirits. We bind every demon responsible for the dominion of sin in our culture. We bind impulsivity, inattention, racing mind, hyperactivity. In the name of Jesus Christ, we bind the prince of the power of the air. We bind the spirit of the age in Jesus' name. We return its powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog and every abomination that's been committed. We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect and all satanic ritual abuse, devil satanic worship, and witchcraft dedication. We bind all formations of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind spiders in their webs. Trapping them in their own webs We bind the transference of evil spirits Spirits of infirmity Spirits of supplanting the gods of the people of the land The gods of the groves And every spirit that exalts logic Science, human reasoning And demonic knowledge Against the knowledge of God And makes man wise in his own eyes We bind mammon and his agents we bind all demons sent forth to intimidate, harass, manipulate, lie against, mock, wear down, infect, destroy, spy, sabotage, hinder, besmirch, block, distract, confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, stop, monitor, track, defile, corrupt, undermine, assassinate, divide, confound, attack, reproach, despise, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We return and loose these attacks to the senders according to the covenant. We bind the bondage of generations of fools and the spirit of the fool and the fool's anger in Jesus' name. We bind the carnal mind. We return to sender according to the covenant. All in every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, retaliation, all avenging, all blowbacks, all vengeance, every boomerang, each payback, and all requiting of our righteous warfare in Jesus' name. 
This includes every evil work, mark, rite, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us, all astral projections, sending demons to us to work against us and against all that pertains to us. No demon, no wicked person or unrighteous event left behind in the name of Jesus. We bind all vampire spirits, voodoo, hoodoo, ancient arts, mystic rituals, devils attending the New World Order, New Age Movement, and the Great Reset. We bind make-believe, fantasy, and la-la land. We bind false religions, numerology, horoscopes, the spirits and works of the oppressors, the spirit and the children of disobedience, martial arts, yoga, transcendental meditation, antichrist ideologies and doctrines, Ahab, and Jezebelic spirits and practices, lewdness, perversions. The outworking of vain deceit, death spirits, spirits of destruction, chaos and mayhem, oppression, depression, anarchy, premonition, clairvoyance, ESP, telepathy, psychokinesis, out-of-body experiences, reincarnation, haunting, poltergeist, astral travel, psychic healing, demonic meditation, spirit guides, defilement by wizards. We bind you all in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind the king of pride and his entire kingdom. We chain you with eternal chains under darkness in Jesus' name. We bind all human, demonic, blood, sexual, financial, animal, fecal, and soulish sacrifices. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry. We bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, apathy, nature worship, deception, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits, rioting, abuse, all trolls, all fear, combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, and temptation to sin. We bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal, Molech, Python, Basilek, Neptune, Zeus, Apollyon, Kali, Isis, Osiris, all gods and goddesses, Mammon, Atlas, and Baphomet in its 72 in Jesus' name. We chain you with eternal chains under darkness in Jesus' name. We undo the work of all demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins and dolls, hot and cold spots, all prompters, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, and designs. And we return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. Oh, hallelujah. We break the powers of every Masonic ritual, rite, and ceremony. All of their works, all of their maneuvers, all of their ungodliness, and also every affiliated organization. We bind them as well in Jesus' name. We just thank you, Lord, and we give you praise. We bind every spirit that was familiar to the Laodiceans. We bind the brotherhood, the lodge, the craft, and the grip in Jesus' name. We bind the pride and foolishness of our own opinions, and we return and lose all the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head according to the scriptures. We bind all traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all, and we loose ourselves from them. We bind the gang stalkers and send their fear, harassment, and witchcraft, as well as their mind control, back on their own heads in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit of slumber. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief and accord with Calvary. We ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. 
Lord, we come to loose the bands of wickedness, undo heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke and chain, and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like the flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we've come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief in whom we serve and obey. Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, for kings, for all who are in authority and all true Christians everywhere, and in particular, Christians under persecution and those that were left behind in Afghanistan. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies, and your right hand shall save us. We disconnect ourselves, Father, from every demon that has followed us, was sent to us, transferred to us. We command them to leave us now. We bind the devils that come through the computer system, and we bind them in the name of Jesus. We command them to no longer come through portals in our computers and in our cellular devices, and we close those portals now in Jesus' name. We ask you, Father, to bless as we cover with the blood of Jesus every mode of transportation that we use, including walking. We want to thank you, Lord, that your authority is everywhere. The name of Jesus is the name that is above every name. We bind these entities and demons, and we forbid them to cross our path, cause accidents, cause a collision, cause confusion on the road. We forbid them to bring other drivers, into our path against the law in the name of Jesus Christ. We take authority, dominion, and power from being frightened on the road because other drivers are exceeding the speed limit and driving recklessly. We take authority, dominion, and power. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Over vehicular breakdown. Lord, we ask that you release your mechanical angels to come fix whatever is wrong with our vehicles, and we thank you for it. Hallelujah. We take authority, dominion, and power over every dream that did not come from you, Lord Jesus. We bind it in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind the intent of the dream, and we place it back on the head of the demon that brought it to us to begin with in Jesus' name. We turn those demons over to the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' holy name. We thank you for your protection over us, Lord, while we sleep. We close the portal that that demon used in Jesus' name. Especially, Lord, if we forgot to disconnect ourselves from spirits that may have followed us or connected themselves to us while we were out in the marketplace and in the world. For you have taught us in this ministry, Lord, that before the end of every day, we need to disconnect ourselves from spirits that are not of you with the sword of the spirit in Jesus' name. 
We forbid religious devils from other people and other faiths to connect themselves to us in any way in Jesus' name. We bind them away from us in the name of Jesus Christ. We pull out all fiery darts, pins, needles, spear, voodoo, all witchcraft, and we send it back where it came from in the name of Jesus Christ. With the sword of the Spirit, we burn and cut all ungodly silver cords, ley lines, unhot, ley lines, and ungodly soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, garlands, vows, pledges. Packs, leagues, and all other forms of agreement with the demonic realm. We break down, tear down, and destroy walls of protection around witches, warlocks, wizards, Satanists, globalists, nanotechnology, and shamans, sorcerers, and divinators. We break the power of every love spell, vex, hex, curse, fetish, charm, sorcery, potions, jinxes, bewitchment, death spirits, Tormenting spirits, sickness, pain, root works, crystals, chanting, incantations, incense, and candle burning, tribal rituals, and sins in Jesus' name. You shall not have any rule over us. We bind all spirits of bondage in Jesus' name. And we release the word of God over the people of God. And everybody said amen, amen, and amen. And you're not usually coming. Oh, there she is. I see her. Somebody that I've been looking for. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. Welcome. God wants to talk to us. Yes, he does. God wants to talk to us.
with a scripture that's familiar. It's familiar to everybody. We're going to Psalm 139, beginning with verse 23. Psalm 139, beginning with verse 23. We all know how to find that in our Bibles, don't we? And it reads thusly, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Well, God is answering our prayer. We asked him to search us, and he's done it. Amen, and he's still doing it. And so that wasn't all we said. Psalm 141, verse 3. Psalm 141, verse, amen. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Now, you get to say it with me, all right? Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Amen. Amen. Well, saints, you know, we've been on this trek with the Lord. And we've been asking him to do certain things in our lives. And he's not going to ignore us at all. Amen? He's going to do what is best for us because he loves us. So we've been on this trek of Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my faith, and turn from their wicked ways. He didn't say continue in. He said turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sins, and will heal their land. And we've been working on that, and God is paying attention. Amen? Amen. Amen. So God says this morning, let's go to the book of James, James chapter 1. James chapter 1 in the New Testament. Amen? James chapter 1 in the New Testament and verse 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak, slow to wrath. Let every man be swift to hear, 
slow to speak, slow to wrath. Amen? So God's going to talk to us about swift and slow. Amen. Always remember, saints, that it is preferred to listen much and speak little. It is preferred to listen much and speak little. For in the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. In the multitude of words, there's plenty room for sin to get in. Amen? But he that refraineth his lips, he that refraineth his own lips is wise. Amen? Let's go to Proverbs 10, verse 19. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. It says just this, in the multitude of words, in the process of all this communication taking place, there's plenty room for sin. It's not lacking. It's quite profuse. You know, when people started using social media with Facebook and Instagram and all these other different ones that they have now, I decided not to join them. I'm one of those that stopped at email and refused to go any further. And from what I understand, people feel a freedom on these social media outlets to say anything they want to say. They don't care if it's the truth or not. They don't care if it's obscene or not. They don't care if it maligns someone's character or not. They just don't care. They'll say anything they want to say whenever they want to say it about anyone, whether it is honorable or not. And they get to hide behind these little names they give themselves so you really don't know exactly who it is. Ah, how interesting. And now it seems that these groups, is Facebook and Instagram and all these other names that they have for them, they want to censor people who are not saying things that they like. Not that the things are wrong or in error or misinformation as they like to label it. They just don't want you telling what they don't want other people to know. Hmm, isn't that interesting? So, as the Bible tells us, he who does not keep his lips closed, as he should, acts as a fool. When we let our mouths just flow and just go anywhere and say anything, we're acting like a fool. And God doesn't find any pleasure in that at all. You see, a fool thinks that he needs no advice. But a wise person listens to others. A wise person listens to others. And in speaking less than our usual, we should not become angry. For our anger is not bringing forth righteousness in us. You know how you get in these conversations and somebody just happens to flick 
something your way that just sets off one of your buttons, and there you go. Amen? And there you go. And if you're not careful, you'll go where you didn't intend to go, too. We must continually rid ourselves of all that is wrong and sinful in our lives, outwardly and inwardly. We should humbly, graciously, and with gladness receive the message from the Lord because it has the power to save our souls as it takes hold of our hearts. The word from the Lord has the very power in it to save our souls if we let it reach down in our hearts. Amen? So we ought to do that. It's a good thing to do. Amen? Each saint should keep in mind that each sermon is a message to obey, not just to listen to. So don't fool yourself. Obedience is important to God. All who profess to be Christians but don't learn to silence their own lips and control their own tongue are just fooling themselves. That kind of religion isn't worth very much. So you see, it isn't enough just to have faith. You must also do good to prove that you have faith. Mm, that's right. You have to do good to prove that your faith that you say you have is real. You can't just tell them that you show up to church X, Y, and Z every Sunday. So does the devil, for that matter. He shows up to church every Sunday to that he beats you there. Amen, you know him right. <laughs> so you can't just say, well, I'm a part of this ministry. Well, he's been by there too. And sometimes you've gotten to see him perform, haven't you? Amen. So, you know, as it stands, the carpet is there when you're not there. So don't boast yourself of how faithful you are. You've never missed a Sunday and however the carpet and the chair were there when you were. Think about that. Amen. Faith that doesn't show itself by good works is no real faith at all. It's useless. It has to have a demonstration of spirit and power. Jesus didn't just stand up and just talk to people. No, there was a demonstration of spirit and power. Amen? Amen. It's starting to get quiet in here. We're headed there. Amen. Others should be able to see your faith by the way you act. They like that one a little bit. <laughs> Amen. You see, Saints, even the demons believe and tremble in terror. So they say they believe in God. Well, so does Satan. <laughs> Come on. He used to be Lucifer. <laughs> in fact, he probably believes more than you, which is downright dangerous, you know? Well, it's the truth. 
Believing faith is meant to result in doing what God wants us to do. Not what we feel like doing, not what we think we ought to do, but what God actually wants us to do. Faith that does not result in obedience to God is not really faith at all. Abraham was justified because he believed God to the outworking of obedience and the offering of his son Isaac to God. He didn't just say, I believe God. He walked it out. He fleshed it out. He took it all the way to the end till God said, stop. He didn't get halfway up the mountain and say, Lord, uh, I'm too weak to go any further. You got to remember, you know, he was 100 when Isaac was conceived. Sarah had to believe God for strength to conceive, the Bible says. So he was quite old by the time it was time to offer Isaac up as a sacrifice. He didn't back down. He didn't back up. He didn't run away. He didn't pretend that he didn't hear God. He trusted God. And we're supposed to do that too, say. We're going to always have challenges to our faith. If you don't have any challenges, you can't prove that you actually do have faith. Come on. There's got to be some proof. There's got to be some evidence somewhere that you actually have faith. And if you never have a trial and you never have a difficulty and you never have a challenge, you don't get to prove it. Your challenge, your trial, your difficulty is your opportunity to stand in the witness stand and say, yes, Jesus is Lord, and I can prove it by thus and so and thus and so and thus and so and thus and so. But there's got to be some evidence. You can't go into a courtroom with no evidence. That won't work. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Certainly, we will not be blessed and disobedient, for God is no respecter of person. He expected Abraham to do it. He expects us to do it, too. The wisdom that God provides from heaven allows for discussion and is willing to yield to others in accord with the word. Of God, this wisdom from above is wholehearted, straightforward, and sincere. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 6. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 6. Amen. We're just going to look at the first part of this verse. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 6. Amen. Suffer not 
thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. Suffer not, do not allow thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. You know, most often, our mouths open the doorway for us to walk in descent. Saints, do not allow your mouth to open the gateway for you to sin. This is what a fool does. A fool opens his mouth and lets out of his mouth anything that rolls back. And certainly, he walks right in the sin that he has spoken. I was talking to a friend one day, and that friend said to me, they were describing this situation where they walked out on a a relationship, and they went down the road of peace and ran into somebody else, and then they decided to fornicate with the one they ran into. And I went, really? (laughs) Well, we were talking candidly. It was all right. It was between friends. And I said, um, and then she told me what she said as she broke up with the previous person. And her words opened the door for the second sin. And I had to tell her, wait a minute, hold it. What happened was, watch that, that confession that you made as you were telling the last person off. That's what opened the door to the next situation. You went down the street, and the devil had that other person sitting right there at the red, at the red light waiting for you. He knew you were coming because you opened your mouth and you told him. If you'd but closed your mouth, that might never have happened. And she had to admit that I was right. What you said when you were telling so-and-so off that last time, that's what opened the door. Because you declared you was finna go find somebody else and, you know. And sure enough, you did just what you said. You have to be careful what you say when you're upset emotionally. You're liable to blab anything out your mouth. But sure enough, the devil heard her and he answered. That wasn't good. Amen? That was not good at all. So, as you come before the presence of the Lord... Open your ears to hear him, but seal your lips. A fool doesn't even realize nor understand that it is sinful to make rash promises to God that you are not going to keep. And a lot of people in the moment or times of distress Lord, if you just get me out of this, I'll da 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 da. But they don't keep their promise to God. That's not good at all. Mm-mm. That's an absolute, positive, 100% no-no. You don't ask God to get you out of this tight, this fix that, first of all, you got yourself into, and then God comes through for you. See, he gives you credit. 
and then you renege and paying off. That's not going to work with him because God is faithful. He doesn't care for that at all. You made a deal with God. If you'll get me out of this mess, I will do thus and so, thus and so, and thus and so. Well, guess what? Whatever you said, you better be sure you do it. Amen. You don't get it. You don't play with God that way. You know, when we were children, they used to tell you, you know, you don't play with God. And they were serious. That your 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 little playmates would go run and tell your mama. She out here playing with God. <laughs> and you'd be in trouble whether you did it or not. So it is not wise to be a blabbermouth. It is foolishness. That's not wisdom. That's foolishness. When you make a promise to God, be prompt to do it and don't delay. Keep your promises to God. Don't make excuses either. That's not going to work. We're famous for that, but saints, let's drop that. You can't defend yourself with excuses. It is far better not to say that you'll do something than to say you will and then don't do it. Let's go to Psalm 15, verse 4. Psalm 15, verse 4. Psalm 15, verse 4. We're going to the last part. I'll start at the beginning. In whose eyes a vile person is contempt, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. See, God keeps his word. He isn't going to tell you he's going to do something and then not do it, no matter how flaky you decide to become. So when we swear to our own hurt, we're not supposed to change. If I gave you my word that I'm going to hand you an apple on Wednesday morning at 8.30 a.m., Wednesday morning at 8.30 a.m., there should be an apple in your hand, period. No if. No ands, no buts, no maybes, no excuses. Amen? That's how Christians are supposed to live their lives. You know, it used to be that people could say so-and-so's word is his bond because you could depend on so-and-so to keep their word no matter what. If suddenly they couldn't keep their word, you would know an emergency had happened something beyond that person's control. But people these days don't do that, and God is not pleased with that, especially in his saints. That's not a God quality, that giving your word and not keeping, that you owe a company a certain amount of money that month, but you don't do anything about it. You don't try to contact them and make arrangements. You just sit there and just don't do it because you don't care. 
or you just decide it's not convenient for you to pay them on time, you'd rather get your nails done. God does not like that at all. The Bible says if it's in your hand to pay it, you better get it paid. So you want him to be an on-time God with you. He expects you to be on time too. You want him to answer you on time. Well, he wants you to do what you're supposed to do on time. Your tithes were supposed to come in when they're supposed to come in. But you were scared you weren't going to get that next check, so you held on till you got the next check. You know that's not right. You're supposed to trust the Lord. Amen? Lord, they done stop talking. They do that. Well, that's what God said. He said that we're supposed to act right. You see, the other person is praying to God that their money will come in so they can pay their bill too to keep the lights on in the business. But you're the one reneging, and that's not right. The bill due on the 16th, you've had the money since the 10th. What's up with that? Amen. And I know you didn't expect me to talk about this, but God wants to talk about it. Amen. Amen. There is ruin in a flood of empty words. It is better to reverence God instead, for our God is faithful to his word. If you have a chip on your shoulder. What is that, Pastor, a chip on your shoulders? It's a tendency to argue, to fight, or to quarrel. And it means that you traffic in strife. Just like drug dealers traffic in drugs, you traffic in strife. That's what it means to have a chip on your shoulders. If you have a chip on your shoulders, God, in his love and mercy, will allow for many situations to knock that chip off of your shoulders until you learn his way. Throughout the Holy Scriptures, there are references to three types of speech, wise speech, which results in good works, evil speech, which results in maliciousness and disobedience to God, and vain speech, which results in worthless, unproductive, ineffective, and unprofitable work. That's right. Wisdom says what we've been saying for a whole week. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. That's wisdom. Amen. We Some of us need to pray that three and four times a day. Praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. A soft answer. Turneth away wrath, 
but grievous words stir up anger. You know, they started it, but you don't have to continue. They started it in the wrong spirit with the wrong motivation, but you don't have to add to it. You can diffuse it by how you handle it. Amen? Amen. You can diffuse it by how you handle it. A little bit of humility right at that moment. Little blood of Jesus, just call on the blood. Right at that moment, it can turn that whole event. You know, some people have lost their lives for as little as $5. Somebody said something after they'd had too much to drink, and somebody else said something else. And before it was over, somebody was dead, and the whole issue was $5. People have died over less. Because somebody said something they shouldn't have said, and somebody else chimed in right on it. And the heat kept going back and forth and back and forth till it got to the point that somebody took an action they had no business taking, and somebody had to get buried as a result. That's dangerous. That's extremely dangerous. I was reading this account of this family that was having a party because their family members had married. They were having sort of a picnic, you know? And somebody got mad over somebody taking too much fried chicken. Can you believe this? Somebody got mad because somebody took too many pieces of fried chicken. And so here started the argument and the fight. And somebody didn't have sense enough to just close their mouth, shut it up, or get in the car and go up the street to the chicken store and get some more chicken. Come on. No, it just kept going. Here comes this mouth. Well, other people haven't had any chicken, and you know you didn't contribute nothing to that. You know how it goes. And then here comes the next remark, and then the next remark. And then somebody who needed to keep their nose out of it, who needed to mind their own business and stay in their own lane, some nosy person had to dip in and say the next thing. And then it goes to the next level. And then some more people jump in that have no business in the argument. And then it just keeps on rolling. Because the devil, once he gets this on the roll, this thing is going to go. That fire is going to burn, it's going to take off, and it's going to burn something down. Well, before it was all over, one parent says to their child, go get the gun. Can you believe this? At a family function, go get the guns. And sure enough, some nut did just what his mama told him to do. And he shot the relative and killed it. All of this over some fried chicken. See, this is real. This sermon isn't just to hear a sermon. You have to actually apply this to your life. Because you might be the person that needs to close your mouth that day. People have the shortest tempers now. They can't tolerate the smallest thing. You walk past them and don't even see them, and they swear that you rolled your eyes at them, and here they want to start some food. 
This is a shame and a crime. It's pitiful. But this happens in real life every day. Every day, these kinds of things happen all over the world. It's not just in certain neighborhoods. It's in any neighborhood. Anywhere, wherever you have humans and demons, look for them. Amen. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 15. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 15. There is gold and a multitude of rubies, but the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. The lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. Good sense is far more valuable than gold or precious jewels. Good old-fashioned common sense that's not so common anymore. Colossians chapter 4, verse 6, New Testament. Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. Let your speech be always with grace. Seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how ye ought to answer every man. When our conversations are gracious and sensible, God will bless us with the right answer for everyone. When you walk in righteousness, the Lord is in you and with you, isn't he? And whatever you need to say or not say, he's there with the answer. You don't have to go off the top of your head. You don't have to use your emotions. You can just listen to the Holy Spirit. That'll take care of that, now won't it? You got somebody mouthing off to you. The Lord will tell you what to do in a moment. Either clamp it up or say this. He'll tell you. You don't have to stand there. And let people browbeat you with their words. When it's time for your mouth to open, if you allow, the Holy Spirit will speak what he wants spoken. And if he doesn't want anything spoken, you can keep your mouth closed. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, in Psalm 34, verse 13, Psalm 34, verse 13, keep thy tongue from evil. And thy lips from speaking guile. Guile is deceit. That means you're not being on the one. You're not being truthful. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. You're not being truthful. That's what that means. Keep your tongue from evil. Keep it out of that. And your lips from speaking deceit. Amen? Amen. God means that. Proverbs. 
chapter 4, verse 24. Proverbs, chapter 4, verse 24. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. He keeps saying, put this away. Get rid of this. Get rid of this. Get rid of this. Put away from you being a person who is habitually disposed to being contrary and difficult to deal with. That's frowardness. That's what that means. Put away from yourself being a person who is habitually disposed to being contrary and difficult to deal with. Nobody can get along with you. God hates evil, he hates pride, and he hates arrogancy. In other words, we should not be obstinate, willful, disobedient, wayward, unmanageable, and difficult. Let me give you that again. We should not be obstinate, a.k.a. stubborn, willful, disobedient, wayward, unmanageable, and difficult. That should not be how we're known all the time. You can't get along with anybody, and nobody can get along with you. Nor should we have perverse lips. Well, what do you mean by that, Pastor? I mean that you're not being candid and sincere. You're not being straightforward. That's a problem, you know. But instead, you're being deceitful, underhanded, you're rambling, you're indirect, and you have this roundabout speech. They ask you, is that an apple? And then you start talking about all the other fruit in the produce part. The question was, is that an apple? Okay, I'll give you a more recent example. Somebody was asked, what is a woman? All it takes since you're a woman is to answer the question, since you know the answer. You're not being shrewd or smart by evading the answer. You're embarrassing women all over the world. See, that person thought they were being shrewd, but not everybody thought that. Actually, that's called being evasive, especially when everybody knows that you know the answer. That's not cute. And God isn't going to smile. You see, I remember this conversation when Pastor Pat was alive. We were in this particular restaurant that's no longer, I don't even think it's a restaurant anymore. And it was during that season when the Monica Lewinsky and President Bill Clinton situation was going on. And there were, oh, quite a few of us, almost, it was about eight of us at the table. And one person was there trying to tell me that the kind of sex that was being discussed wasn't really sex. And I went, not. I just wasn't going for it because that's an outright lie. 
a lie is a lie. I don't care how you, what color you make it, a lie is still a lie. And so I got real detailed with that person about that moment. And I said, you mean to tell me when this happens, that's not sex? <laughs> now, Pastor Pat was starting to get embarrassed, but I wasn't backing down. It was the wrong lie to tell me when I just left church. You know, it is what it is, and it's not what it's not. And if the truth lives in you, you need to stand for the truth. Because that person happened to have been a Christian, but they weren't telling the truth at that moment. Amen. Proverbs 16, beginning with verse 27. Proverbs 16, beginning with verse 27. An ungodly man diggeth up evil. Boy. Mm-hmm. And in his lips there is a burning fire. Verse 28, a forward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. An ungodly and perverse person stirs up conflict with their mouth. Their burning lips cause much destruction whenever they open their mouths to speak. You know, that's a shame to be that way. This prideful and arrogant person sows the seeds of strife, plots evil, contention, and fuels hatred, and gossip separates even the closest of friends. You see, the closest of friends share confidences that are not to be disclosed to others. But if you're a gossip and you're going to take the confidences of a close friend and blab them everywhere, that'll be the end of that friendship, and it won't take long. Why? Because you're not honoring the confidentiality of the relationship. It was told to you in secret. And people need to learn to honor that. Amen? Amen. No saying gossip is not a virtue. It never has been. It never will be. We should not be of those who continually spread dissent, nor should we be of those who dig a pit for others by malicious plotting and slander. Amen? Psalm 7, verse 15. Psalm 7, verse 15. Psalm 7, verse 15. He made a pit and digged it and has fallen into the ditch which he made. He made a pit and digged it and has fallen into the ditch which he made. Let me tell you, saints, you can't dig a ditch for somebody else without getting dirt on yourself. And chances are you'll end up being buried in that same ditch 
that you dug for somebody else. It's just the way it works. You see, God is not mocked. Whatever someone sows, that also shall they reap. You see, sowing and reaping continues. God hasn't called an end to that. Matthew chapter 5, verse 37. Matthew chapter 5, verse 37. But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay. For whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. Our words ought to always be truthful. When we say yes, that should be exactly what we mean. We should not say yes and mean maybe or with hesitation. Likewise, our no ought to be firm and without swaying to and fro, without wavering in our mind, and without a display of indecision. If you're going to say no, you ought to mean no. Parents need to perfect this. If you're going to say yes, then that's what you mean. And that means you're going to follow through on that yes. Amen. Because your children learn what they live. If they watch you vacillate and waver and go back and forth, why would you be surprised that they do that? You've sown that seed. You're going to reap a harvest with bumper crops. In a relationship of any kind, even with your pet, if you tell your pet, yes, I'm going to do something, you know that, that animal sitting there waiting on you to get it done? And they're not playing. They're going to be persistent till you get it done. I'll take you outside in a minute. They're still waiting on the minute. And if you don't soon come, you're going to have to clean up because you didn't do what you said. And that's the way it is. Amen. Either your yes is yes or your no is no. You can't go back and forth. No swearing is necessary at all lest we weaken the weight of our words by sowing uncertainty in others. You swearing doesn't make you any more believable than if you hadn't said that part. Praise God. You see, in the scriptures, Jesus avoided being rushed into answering. Jesus avoided being rushed into answering. In fact, I can't think. If somebody can find one, you can email it to me. I can't think of a place in the scriptures where Jesus is rushed. Mm-hmm. Let's go to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 8, beginning with verse 1. John, chapter 8, beginning with verse 1. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives. And early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. What's wrong with this picture? And the scribes and Pharisees brought 
unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they were minus a person that day, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. Okay, this is how long it took Jesus to answer them. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. See, this had just taken some time because it says, when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself when he got good and ready and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. He doesn't look rushed to me. Does he look rushed to you? And when they heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. I don't see Jesus being in a hurry to answer anybody. He took his good time. Sometimes we need to do just what he did. Amen? We should follow his godly example. You see, Jesus was very slow and deliberate in how he answered the scribes and the Pharisees with all of their hypocrisy. He knew that many of them were guilty of the same crime. But no, they came to bring her by herself. The whole thing just stunk. Amen? Well, let's go to Proverbs 29, verse 20. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 20. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 20. Seest thou a man that is hasty in his words, there is more hope of a fool than of him. Seest thou a man that is hasty in his words, there's more hope of a fool than of him. Saints, the Bible warns us that those who are hasty and ill-advised in their words have an extremely difficult task in governing their own tongue. See, he called it swift and slow. Mm-hmm. When you spout off at the mouth, things happen that ought not to happen. We have all heard that we should think before we speak. So why don't we do just that? To blurt out means to speak suddenly 
without careful consideration first. All of us at some time have said something suddenly without considering appropriateness or weighing the consequences. Even though it happened suddenly, it does not make it right. This is not righteousness in us. We are not to speak abruptly and impulsively. We have access to the mind of Christ. We are to be led by the Holy Spirit. We have the ability to close our mouths before we cause a problem. No, it's not right to abruptly tell a secret or a confidence when you have given your word not to share it. So your sister calls you on the phone, and she tells you the results of the sonogram. And so you happen to be at your mom's house, and you all start talking about the family situation. You are not right to open your mouth and go tell somebody else's news, even if it is your sister. You're just as wrong for that. That's her news, not yours. You don't have any business in your excitement blurting out where she hasn't had the opportunity to tell her own mother herself. Mm-hmm. Yes, amen. That's wrong. And that's the way God sees it. And we ought to see it that way too. So-and-so got a raise, and you happen to know it. But nobody else on the job knows anything about it. So you go running in the break room with your big mouth going, Did you know that Well, then it sets off a firestorm. You see, nobody knows if so-and-so got a penny ring or a nickel ring. But everybody else knows that they didn't get one. And so there goes your big mouth starting a fire. That's wrong. That's as wrong as it can be. You see, so-and-so told you that in confidence, and you should have honored that. You don't have the right to go running into the break room, telling in the lunchroom, telling everybody. No, that's their business. If they want everybody to know, they could tell it themselves. And so now they have, the managers have to get together and have this meeting with everybody, and so we can get down to the bottom of this because it's caused this big fuss in the whole company. People got attitudes, folks talking about quitting, all kind of foolishness because of your big mouth. You see, I know about this because I was at one of those meetings. See, there's a problem when you dip your nose in business that does not concern you. Somebody came out of the room and spoke to me 
and said, I got a raise. I said, congratulations. That was the entire conversation. But somebody nearby was dipping their nose in business that did not concern them. Nosy is a crime. Don't forget that. Nosy is a crime. You don't dip your nose in conversations that don't concern you. And you certainly don't take it and go blab it to everybody else everywhere else. So the other person, the jealous one, that ran around telling everybody else and got everything in a stir, I happened to have been there the day they decided to have the big meeting and we're going to all talk about this. And so before they could get too far started, I could feel the anointing. And so I said, excuse me, I need to say something to clarify all of this so we can all get back to work. I said, this is what happened. Brad said to me, I got a raise. I said, congratulations. He didn't tell me how much of a raise. He didn't tell me if it was a raise off the floor or a raise in money. I just assumed he got some money. He didn't say if it was one cent, five cents, five dollars. He didn't say. I said, but someone was listening that was jealous. And so they went around using their words to start a fire everywhere. And thus we have this need. I said, but if people would learn to mind their own business and keep their noses out of other people's affairs, we wouldn't have this problem today. And after I made my comment, the manager came into agreement with what I said and told everybody to go back to work. But you see, opening your mouth out of turn, dipping your nose in other people's business is not of God. It has broken up many a church, many a ministry, many a choir, and all kinds of other things. And that's what they do on social media. They dip their noses into business and matters that does not concern them. And then they have too much to say about it. And what they say is not necessarily the right thing. See, this is a serious matter. Because we want to be people who can get a prayer through. We want God to listen to us when we pray. But you can't live any kind of life you want to and have God respond to you the way you want him to respond to you. Amen? Amen. You see? We should not be telling information that is confidential to a certain group of persons, to others that are not in that group, simply because the others are your friends. You know how that works. You in this certain group, they're not, but they're your friends, so you're going to go tell them anyway. You know you're wrong. But you don't pay any attention to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You go around your mouth. That's not right. It's a crime against God. In this matter, you err from the word of God. Your mouth.
should not be an advertising agency for private or restricted information. Now, we recently had a situation with the Supreme Court. Their preliminary decision was confidential and restricted information. But somebody or somebody decided that they wanted to divulge that information to Politico, who quickly put it out there for everybody to know. And it started a storm that hasn't gone away yet. Mm-hmm. You see, there's a time to speak and a time to close your mouth, isn't there? It should only be mentioned, this restricted information, this information that is confidential and is meant to be kept secret or private, it should only be mentioned to those to whom such knowledge is assigned. It's not assigned to everybody. You see, because with the assignment comes responsibility and accountability. The divulging or disclosing of such information is wrong and wickedness. I want you to know it's wickedness. Saints, we would all do well to close our mouths before we end up inserting a foot therein. Once inserted, it is very difficult to remove. That's the truth. Once you stick your foot down your throat, it's a hard way getting it out. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 7. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 7. A time to keep silent and a time to speak. A time to keep silent and a time to speak. Sometimes you need to ask the Holy Spirit what time it is so he can tell you. Saints, we must ensure that we do not have hidden agendas when we speak. God is listening. God is listening. You see, I think sometimes we forget that he listens to everything. He hears it all, and he knows it all. Psalm 63, verse 11. Psalm 63, verse 11. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. The mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. God says it, and he means it. God said that, and he means it. The mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 32. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 32. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 32. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh frowardness. 
The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh frowardness. The mouth which is not easily controlled, that is stubbornly willful and contrary and unruly, does not please God. Zephaniah, Old Testament, Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 13. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 13. Z-E-P-H-A-N-I-A-H, Zephaniah. I know there's always somebody who's never heard of that book before, but it's there. Promise, it is there. Amen. Zephaniah is actually in the Bible. Amen. Now I'll give you a moment to find it. If you're having a hard time, go to Malachi and work backwards. That works. Amen. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 13. The remnant of Israel shall not do iniquity, nor speak lies. Neither shall a deceitful tongue be found in their mouth. The remnant of Israel shall not do iniquity, nor speak lies. Neither shall a deceitful tongue be found in their mouth. Amen? Mm -hmm. Clean heart and right spirit do not lie, nor deceive, nor do injustice and falsehood. Clean heart and right spirit do not lie, nor deceive, nor do injustice and falsehood. Amen? Amen. Psalm 94. Psalm 94, beginning with verse 8. And while you're turning there, I'm going to give you a little nugget. You don't have to turn here, but in Titus chapter 2, beginning with verse 7, Titus chapter 2, beginning with verse 7, it reads, In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good work, in doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Hmm. Exhort servants, employees, to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again. Young people, you don't talk back. You don't talk back to grown-ups. You don't talk back to your parents. You don't snap out the mouth at them. You don't rear up at them. You respect them. I have a real issue 
with people that don't respect older people, as they should. But you don't talk back. I don't care what's going on. I realize that in today's culture, that's not taught so much. Because parents allow their children to say anything and everything they want to say. I always knew that I never wanted to end up underneath the refrigerator. I never had that problem. I knew that I did not want to end up underneath the refrigerator. So I didn't open my mouth out of turn, so to speak. I shut up because that's how you stay alive. Unfortunately, these persons are allowed to grow up, and they go out into the world and into the workplace, and whenever something doesn't go their way, they have too much to say, and I mean way too much to say. They don't show proper respect for anyone, but they insist that you respect them. They don't want the teacher to say anything that might hurt their little feelings. But they spew out of their mouths any kind of profanity and anything else they want to say in the classroom. Well, I'm asking God to judge that. I'm appealing to the righteous judge. And I'm asking for his adjudications on that matter. That's wrong. The scriptures say plainly, not answering again. Suck it up and shut your mouth. You got it? It's just that simple. Not purloining. What does that mean? Don't be stealing a little this and a little that and a little this and a little that. Quit stealing. But showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. I think that's simple enough to understand. Now, back to Psalm 94. Psalm 94, beginning with verse 8. Psalm 94, beginning with verse 8. Understand ye brutish. What does brutish mean? It means stupid or irrational. God's very direct, straightforward, and to the point. Understand, okay, ye brutish among the people, and ye fools, when will ye be wise? God's asking a question. He that planted the ear, shall he not hear? He that formed the eye, shall he not see? He that chasteneth the heathen, shall not he correct? He that teaches man knowledge, shall he not know? God is not deaf nor blind. No, he has made the eyes and the ears himself. He punishes nations. So won't he punish us as well? Yes, God is looking and listening, and yes, he does care. The Lord knows how limited and weak the thoughts of humans are. So he assists and helps us 
by chastening us in order to convince us to follow his path. The Lord will not forsake his people. Rather, he will rebuke us in love. It is, it is righteous lips that offer prayers to God in righteousness. It's righteous lips that offer prayers to God in righteousness. The speech that comes out of the mouth comes from the heart, and these things that are in the heart make a person unclean, the scriptures say. How then can unclean lips offer a righteous praise to a holy God? I'll leave you to answer. Amen? I'll leave you to answer. Rise for the benediction. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And let the church say amen. 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 Praise the Lord. He gave us a good word. Now, church, pastor loves you. I want you to recast this message because pastor's going to come back and talk again on Wednesday, amen, and I'll be looking forward to all of you that I haven't, I haven't heard from in a while. Keep praying, keep binding, keep loosening the word over yourself, and God will bless you, amen? Amen. amen. Praise the Lord. You don't.
Oh, my.